Hello again, I'm Trip Rogers, and this is Trip's Take. Couple of things to wrap up from last week's Trip Take. First of all, the baseball lockout is over. Hallelujah. We will see baseball. It is coming around the time we thought it would. The players and the owners got a deal done, and, and that's great. But now comes, you know, after the party, the hangover. And this is going to be an ongoing issue. First of all, players that are unvaccinated will not be allowed to travel into Canada. So if you're on a baseball team and you're unvaccinated, you will stay in the United States. You can't go to Canada to play. That will preclude you from playing in Toronto. That's going to be a big deal. But even more so, it came out that unvaccinated players are not exempt in New York City. They will not be allowed to play in home games. Remember, a team plays half their games at home. We see how the Kyrie Irving thing is really making life very difficult for the New Jersey Nets, or for the Brooklyn Nets, I should say. And Kyrie Irving does not play in home games. In fact, Nets just got fined because he showed up to a game and went in the locker room. You're going to have the same thing in baseball. But the difference is MLB and the Players Association have agreed. Player does not have to disclose his vaccination status. (laughs) Well... Got news for you, folks. We're going to find out because when you don't see certain players in the lineup, we're going to know they're unvaccinated, especially if it's a couple days in a row and they're playing the games in New York City. I mean, that's the way it is, guys. In the NFL, you knew who the unvaccinated players were because they were out 10 days. It wasn't a couple of days. And of course, you have the jive that was run by Aaron Rodgers who, by the way, became the highest-paid football player with a new contract. (laughs) You know, things work out sometimes for a reason. Speaking of contracts, Joe Buck got the contract he wanted from ESPN and is leaving Fox. Of course, he came to Fox. He was the youngest man to call play-by-play in the NFL on a regular basis. He has done the World Series for many, many years for Fox. He has done the Super Bowl for Fox for a number of years. He had one year left in his contract, but friendship was more important. And ESPN threw a few bucks his way. So Buck is going to move to ESPN to do Monday Night Football with Troy Aikman. Where does that leave Fox? Well, it's not like they have nobody to replace him. They have a number of talented sports announcers. The odds-on choice is Kevin Burkhardt, who hosts, uh, who's a number on the number two team now, with Greg Olson. And the rumors are both those guys are going to move up to number one, and they'll be the new number one team for Fox. Who'll be number two? That's uh, anybody's guess, and that's a big question. And the other side of it is Fox could go outside and try and get somebody. In baseball, Joe Davis will probably take over Joe Buck's role as host of the World Series and Fox baseball coverage. He took over for a legend in Los Angeles, Vin Scully. Handled it rather well, so I think he's very qualified to take over for Joe Buck. But what about Al Michaels? Well, news came out earlier this week. He is going to go to Amazon, and he will call Amazon's Thursday night's games with Kirk Herbstreet. Now, there had been a lot of rumors that Michaels, who's, let's face it, still on the top of his game, being moved out by NBC because he's 77 years old. It's not fair, but they've had Mike Tirico waiting in the wings for quite a while. And Michaels gave no indication of wanting to retire. 
So NBC kind of said, this is going to be it, Al. We're moving on in another direction. So Al now has a new contract with Amazon. He gets paid a boatload of money. He'll do 16 games a year, all of Amazon's Thursday night games. He'll work with Kirk Herbstreet, and he'll stay in the limelight a little longer. But it might have been interesting to see if Fox maybe made a run at him because, let's face it, Michaels is tied right now with Pat Summerall for the most Super Bowls called on television. He'd like the chance to break the record, I think. But we shall see. I'll have more of Trip Take in a moment. We're back on Trip's Take. I am Trip Rogers. I want to talk about two timely subjects. First of all, Sunday the 13th, we did our spring forward thing for daylight savings time. And there is now very strong consideration. A bill has passed the Senate to abolish daylight savings time or abolish the changing of the clocks twice a year and stay on one. Now, the question is which? Standard time or daylight savings time? The problem with daylight savings time is in the middle of winter, and I remember this because they did it during the energy crisis of 1974. They pushed the clocks ahead so we had more daylight at the end of the day. Well, the problem was kids were going to school in darkness. Now, it's a little different these days because of the amount of busing that is done of kids for the most part. So you don't have them walking in, the, in darkness to school. And the older kids normally go to school at those early hours and the kids who are in elementary school go later. And there's something to be said with having an extra hour of daylight at the end of the day. But I'm not sure if I am in favor of not doing it or doing it. Now, also keep in mind the fact that we've gone from the last weekend in April to the last weekend in October. And I didn't understand why they didn't move it back simply because of the fact that Halloween, they always change the clocks right before Halloween. And I thought, uh, why are you going to take away the, the daylight for Halloween trick or treaters? Doesn't make sense. And then they moved it to the first week in November and the first week in April. And now we've moved it back into the middle of March. And it will end, of course, in November. But I kind of wonder if this, you know, old practice, which, by the way, we just started to do that in the 60s again. I mean, it was something that was done during the World War II. But we just started doing it in the 60s. So in my lifetime. But... I don't know what it is. As I get older, I just can't deal with the time change. I have issues. My body clock is all screwed up. And so I would be in favor of moving them and putting them in one spot and leaving them there. But again, there are pros and cons both ways. While the longer, by, while more daylight at the end of the day lets the kids play longer, the flip side is the darkness in the beginning of the day is that going to be good for kids? I, I don't know what the answer is. I really don't. I don't think it would be that bad of a deal if they went to standard time and kept on standard time all year round. Granted, we'd get dark at 7.30 in the east. It's not a big deal. I, I, I think I could live with that. But um, we'll see what happens with this. The other thing is I now make my home in Savannah, Georgia which is home to one of the biggest St. Patrick's Day celebrations. It is renowned around the country. There is the New York St. Patrick's Day Parade in New York City, and then there's the one in Savannah. 
and the accompanying weekend that goes on. It is a party weekend. And party people come to Savannah to experience St. Patrick's Day. Now, more so than ever, I think this St. Patrick's celebration will have so much meaning because they have not done it for the last two years. You recall, the beginning of the big pandemic stuff was in March, and they had to cancel the St. Patrick's Day parade, and then they had to cancel it last year. So people have been waiting for two years to celebrate the Irish and party on St. Patrick's Day, and the host of city is ready for this. The parade kicks off on the 17th, which is today. And of course, it will be a four-day weekend of celebration. And folks, if you've never celebrated a holiday in the Hostess City, which is Savannah, and on River Street, well, you certainly are missing something, especially if you like the party. I would recommend it. And of course, please celebrate within reason. Want to keep you around. Next week, I want you to hear Trip's Take, so let's not overdo it too much here on St. Patrick's Day. That's going to wrap it up for this edition of Trip's Take for March 17th, 2022. Love to hear your comments and questions about the podcast. Just email tripstake at gmail.com. Don't forget, if you like the music of the 60s, 70s, and 80s, listen to my radio station, WTRSradio.com online, powered by Live365.com. Join us again next week. For now, Trip Rogers. Thanks for listening. Make it a great one.